0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Scratch Agency Podcast, hosted by Scratch Agents for Scratch Agents. My name is Stephen Turnbull, founder of T Five Insurance Services in Utica, New York, joined by my co-host today, Sean Fitzgerald, founder of LAF Advisors in Long Island, New York. Sean, we're in a New York state of mind today, huh?
1: Yes, sir. We got all three from New York, and we're kind of all set equally separated, um, you know, in the state. So that's 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 pretty cool. What's going on at LAF today? Dude, a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, the main thing I wanted to talk about is we just set up the website for the Scratch Agency podcast. Oh, yes. We left the the out. So it's just scratchagencypodcast.com. Definitely check it it out. Let us know what you think. If you have any feedback, um, we could probably use help on (laughs) making it a little bit better, but I think we did a pretty good job with it. Uh, Also, too, we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, finally. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to grow the pod, grow the agencies live a big happy life all that fun stuff i tell you what what are we this is episode
0: 44 i believe it has been it has been a fun journey and i think the more and more we continue to do this and 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 grow an audience everybody says what's the plan listen we got no plan we're just having fun we're having fun we're sharing our story we're bringing on great people like the guests we had today to talk about the you know the fun journey and uh, it's, uh, it's been a blast, but jumping right into today's episode, uh, I've connected with this gentleman a few times and just every time I leave the conversation, feel inspired. He's got a, a great story and, and is a scratch agent in the middle of it going through what he, we, we joked before we started the call. We're going to talk today about how much fun we have each and every day as scratch agency owners, but it's, it's my honor to welcome Derek Latore, founder of Latori insurance agency to the show. Derek, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Hey, Steven and Sean. Thanks for having me. Doing well today. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us here. And we know we want to get into all the good scratch stuff. But tell us a little bit about Derek before we get into the fun insurance stuff, how you ended up in insurance, and then uh, then we'll go from there.
2: I think I got a story similar to a lot of us that ended up in insurance. It's called, you get out of college and you need a job. And uh, (laughs) that pays the bills, or maybe pays the bills, but something, right? And uh, that's how I stumbled my way into insurance. Yeah, I'm a political science uh, major and uh, needed a job and immediately out of college, went and worked for the big uh, Liberty Mutual. Mm. And,
0: uh, you know, got trained by Mother Liberty and uh, here I am. (laughs) And so was that on the company side? Were you an agent for them? Yeah, I was a personal
2: line sales rep. So this is before, I mean, this is going back quite a few years. So you're talking 2007. This is when they had direct sales reps and all you could all you could sell was Liberty Mutual, personal lines, uh, auto, home, and life. And, uh, you know, that's it. And they sent you to sales training and, you know, told you how to sell their product. And, you know, that was before the Liberty, Liberty, Liberty commercials and, you know, <laughs> whatever uh you know whatever they're calling themselves now and uh before the comparing agents got in there and they've changed so many times but yeah i spent two two years there kind of learning the ropes i was like oh this insurance gig is actually pretty cool you know it's paying the bills and uh yeah so it it was a good experience i just didn't i realized quickly out of the box that i did not want to work for a big corporation you know uh, nothing against liberty but you were one of you know at the time there was like thirty five thousand employees worldwide or something and just a you know number and and uh so i was like yeah well i learned insurance but i don't want to stay here for too long
1: Mm. yeah so so what was the step after that dark you you work at liberty for a couple years you realize the corporate world is maybe not your thing what's the next step from there
2: Yeah, the next step was, I was like, huh, this independent agency thing seems kind of cool. When I finally got my feet under me, I was like, I can't write, you know, it was being working for Liberty. It's like, you know, it's a captive, right? I mean, it's really being a captive or direct. And I was like, you know, either you hit and you can write somebody or you don't write them and you got no other option. I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this thing. And so then I learned, I was like, okay, the independent world is where it's at. Um, I grew up in the town, the town that I'm in, grew up, grew up here, knew of some of the agencies. And I honestly just literally walked into one of the agents and was like, here, I'm trained, I'm licensed. I know you're not hiring, or at least advertising that you're hiring, but here's my resume. I'd like to work for you. And, uh, Hmm. that's what I did. I went and worked for another agency for 12 years, um, and learned the independent side and really just you know, grew, you know, obviously then went from just selling personal lines, went to commercial lines, did a little bit more life insurance, got into a little bit of the benefits side of things, which is somewhat dangerous. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, worked my way up through that agency, you know, worked my tail off, became a part owner, equity owner, um, just grinded myself, you know, through the journey and, um, Managed personal lines department for the agency and it was a very large, very large, large agency. I mean, at the time I left in 2021, I mean, they had 27 employees or maybe, you know, so, you know, good size agency. Um, personal lines was 70% of their business. So uh, I had a staff of 15 reporting to me. And uh, so it was it was fun until it wasn't fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And then I, that's De- when I decided, uh, it's time to do my own thing.
1: Yeah. D- Derek, talk to me how the path to, you know, becoming a partner worked at that independent agency, like, did you know, going in, you eventually wanted to be a partner or is it something that just kind of came up? Like what did that whole process look like?
2: Yeah, it just kind of came up to be brutally honest. I was totally young and naive and had no clue. Mm. Um really how that would look and one day you know doing all the right things you know i was selling and i was networking and i was building referral sources all the things that you know you know we have to do as as independent agents and you know built a pretty good sized book of business and the principal agent the president of the agency just came to me one day and he's like hey listen we want to make you a partner and i'm going to sell you some of my shares um, would you like to do that? I was like, uh sure. <laughs> I mean, I I was, I was literally so naive. I was like, uh, okay, sounds good. I had no clue what like the finances look like. I I mean it just totally, you know, now and, and and it was a good deal. It's not that it wasn't a bad deal. Like I didn't get I you know, I totally didn't get uh ripped off or screwed or anything like that. But I I I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. And uh yeah, I mean it sounds kind of dumb, but I just stumbled my way into it. What also is doing the right things?
0: Well, and, and one of the things I love about what we're doing in this podcast, in general, insurance podcasts or just podcasting in general, is saying something or talking about something that is relating with something that someone's going through right now, right? And so, the, the and, I, and I preface that with this next question because you don't have to get into the weeds of things, of course. But if you were to look back on that opportunity that you had, and and if you were to talk to someone right now that has that opportunity in front of them, you know, what's a few things you'd say to them along the lines of be careful about this or make sure you talk about this or think about this for that listener that's listening to this right now that has that opportunity in front of them is unsure.
2: Yeah, there's a lot I've learned now. Um, so my journey, you know, that now that I've opened my own agency and I was a shareholder there, I was under a... um a shareholder or a partnership agreement um watch is up for interpretation, and of course, part of my story is the 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 my former now business partners are suing me over my departure, so we're in the middle of a um litigation that's been going on for over a year um i was you know lawsuit started last May and still going on. That's a whole other story, and the legal process in the state of New York takes forever, so nothing happens quickly, but in hindsight, you know, I would have done probably a lot more due diligence with an attorney, you know, made sure I understood the agreement completely um made sure we we ironed out any you know ambiguity in it, and that's the problem is that the agreement that I signed it's not very well-written agreement and therefore it's led my, led, you know, led me to, a to, you know, litigation. And if it was tightened up either, you know, either way, whether in my favor or not, but if it was tightened up, it would, in more black and white, it, we'd have no issue. You know, we'd have, we'd, there would be nothing to litigate. There'd be nothing to argue over cause it'd be spelled out. So that's really be my biggest advice is like, don't do what I did at the naive way being young and sort of, you know, you know, it's, it's part of it too, is like you you get the carrot dangled in front of you. And you're like, yeah, you know, ownership, this is great. Um, ownership is not what it's all cracked up to be. Um, you know, financially it's good, but you know, I think we all know, I mean, owning an agency or even part, part of an agency comes with different responsibilities and, um, Yeah. I mean, and different challenges. And unfortunately, I got myself into something where now, in hindsight, I would say, hey, you know, I would have done way more due diligence instead of, you know, sure. I mean, I I don't even know if I read the thing. I think I signed it so fast because I was just excited to take on ownership, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that, that to me would be the, my biggest advice is like, definitely do the due diligence. Don't get, uh, you know, don't get starry eyed over the the finance, you know, the financial yeah. piece. Um, and then understand who you're getting in business with. That's the other thing. Um, you know, if, if there's multiple partners, you know, what are their roles? Like how, what, you know, what, what is the setup going to look like? Those are all questions I didn't ask. I was just like, okay, yeah, so shares of the company like sure you know that means i make a little bit more money sure means i have some authority okay maybe or or what like those are all questions that Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't ask either and now you know talk talking to anybody that's down that path it'd be like make sure you understand who you're getting you know in business with also understand that just because they're a business partner doesn't mean they got to be your best friend. Business and and friendship doesn't mean it's got to go hand in hand. Understand that. And two, you know, understand what your roles and responsibilities are um, going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I mean, that's a topic we should probably try to talk about a little bit more, Stephen, is like how a partnership would work, you know, kind of who you would look for to be a partner, um, and that type of stuff. Because um, I think it is an interesting topic, and for those most of you know that listen to the show, that Stephen and I both came from an agency where we, you know, potentially tried to become a partner and it didn't work out, um, probably for the better. Um, so, Derek, I, I, just to build on this a little bit more, was there any other challenges you faced, or any other advice you could give around the partnership? Like for me, for instance, like. And I've talked about this with you, Stephen, a lot is like, I feel like in my situation in the past, I was a lot younger too. And I feel like communication was a big, was a big factor. Um, You know, great person, me and the other partner, great person to be around. We had a great relationship. But when it came to like issues with the business, the communication on both ends was extremely poor. And I, I feel like ultimately that was one of the biggest issues for me. Uh, So I'm curious, besides the, you know, the legal, the legality behind it, um, is there any other thing you would touch on as far as like what you think would make a, make a good partnership work?
2: Yeah, you taught, you hit something there, Sean, is, is the communication, you know, um, it's ha it's having clear understanding of you know, what sort of the boundaries are, what the roles, what your individual roles are, right? Yeah. So that was, that was one of the issues of the agency I'm, I left was there was no clear delineation of roles and um, mm. it just led to really poor communication which uh, over time just erodes the partnership in the sense of you, and this is what happened in my case. It, I mean, um, a, another generation came into the business, inherited the business. The the um, the father, who I bought the shares from, passed away unexpectedly. Fourth generation comes in the business. There's nothing really laid out, um, and the communication was poor. We didn't really get along because we didn't see things the same way, um, and there's really no way to handle that because it, yeah. it was never really spelled out and, and whose role yeah. is what role? Like what, and, and like, yeah, like who's dealing with, you know, staff issues, who's hiring, who's firing. Like if there's an issue, you know, with a process or procedure, like who's responsible for that. If mm. you don't have that stuff ironed out, I mean, it just, it, over time it'll make your life miserable. And mm. I'm telling you, I'm speaking from, from, experience you know i mean i it got to a Direct point where point. you know they're just they just was there we didn't understand each other's roles and yeah it just it just gets to the point where you just become kind of miserable in what you're doing
0: well i yeah, want to steven oh, i want to just one, one thought quick sean on that is yeah. everything that derek just said right there also applies to the partnership of your team Right? So if you're thinking of this and not in a partnership and have no desire to talk about a partnership when it comes from an ownership level of an agency, the communication with your team when it's just you and your first CSR as a partnership and that communication of having the clear roles and the clear responsibilities ahead of, of time and continuing to have that communication because we can beat the dead horse. Same thing with my prior story, too. There was no communication. Everybody kind of wore all the same hat. We all just kind of did what it did. and And here we are. The communication with your team is that exact same communication that would be important in a partnership. I just want to make that comment. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. I'm um, sorry.
1: I, yeah, no, I I had a a conversation with uh, our buddy Taylor the other day, and we were kind of talking about like, you know, a little bit of a different topic. But if you bring somebody on to the agency, having their roles and responsibilities printed out and showing them visually, hey, if you come on board, this is what you're gonna do. This is what your job title entails. Seems like such an easy thing to do, but a lot of people don't do that and they come on board and they don't know exactly what they're supposed to do. And then a year down the line, they get kind of upset because they think they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing based off their title. And it causes, you know, confusion and communication issues. And I mean, I just think it's like a recipe for disaster. So Derek, I completely agree with you. I think that's a great point. Have the roles roles and responsibilities typed and printed out for either your partner or somebody you're onboarding to the agency because I think that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah, it totally is. Totally. So let's let's pivot. So the communication we just talked about all that, but then the Tory Insurance Agency came to birth. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about the process. Talk to us about, you know, the just the early days. And I, and I'm talking as early as Derek in your own head, I think I'm going to do this right i think i think i am thinking i'm actually going to do this what's this going to look like and then and then let's walk to that
2: yeah well it happened kind of fast <laughs> but you know i th- there. i think that yeah exactly <laughs> it's like oh boy uh here we go uh yeah i mean it happened quick and uh quicker than i thought but i think in my head you know in retrospect and it's always easy to kind of go back but i think over the years i've always had this idea of like you know, if I'm, if I, if I had hundred percent control of my own agency, I would do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I always had that thought in my head. Like if I was going to do this again, I would do this. And some of it was very simple in the sense of coming from an agency. And this is where I see this as a very positive thing that what we're, the three of us here are all scratch, right? We're all building something. It's, And I know it's hard to do, it's not easy. Um, However, we have sort of a blank canvas. And that was to me was something that I embraced and was excited about was, I can start something from scratch the way I wanna be. And I don't have a legacy organization to try to change, to do it the way I think it needs to be done. And that was always the challenge. And that was one of the frustrations I always had um, was, you know, and and this is the analogy I use. It's like, it's like the big ship. It's like trying to turn that big ship, right? You're, you're never going to get that thing turned around. Okay. And now as a scratch and starting Latori insurance, it's like, I'm the little dinghy. And guess what? If we need to turn this thing around, turn around as many times as we want to. Because guess what? Right now it's me and I'm here. Yeah. And it, you know, the dinghy does get a little rough once in a while, you know, there's uh, a rough, yeah, water gets a little rough, but I can start things and do things the way I want to. And there's nobody in my way, meaning there's no staff that won't embrace technology changes. There's no, you know, there's just no, there's none of that old legacy, like, well, we did it this way for 22 years, you know, let's do it this way for none of that. So to me, that was something that I embraced, was excited about. And I think I always had in my head for many years, like, hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it this way. So that was um, the the basis of how I kind of started, basically, and didn't even know it was already in my head. So the challenge to start was like, oh my gosh, I'm really going to do this thing. But the reality was I had all these ideas already. And once I started to actually put them down, I mean, they just flew out, you know, and there's no way I'm perfect. Like we ch- change my processes and procedures every day, but, um, you know, it's just what we do. But the start out of the gate, you know, was, it was a lot smoother than I thought it would have been. And of course, you know, there's been some hurdles. Obviously, we talked about, you know, the litigation. I was yeah. running, running along just fine until I got, you know, served with a lawsuit. Um, but I'm still fine. And um, I now, in retrospect, even though I'm only, you know, I started January of 21. So, you know, uh, January of 22, excuse me. And so here I am. I'm still in business. I've survived. I've, I'm actually thriving. And, you know, I'm supporting my family, which is the biggest thing, right, that I need to do. Um, yeah, I work a lot of hours. It's a grind. Um, but all that stuff is for a good purpose and for a good reason. And I'm building something I believe that is going to be sustainable for my family. And that's the main goal and the main driver and yeah. I mean, if you asked me this question three years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy. I'll never start my own agency. But like now <laughs> that I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, man, I should have did this so many years ago. It's like, you know, I mean, I've been in this business 16 years. Like I could have had my own. I mean, think about all that time I wasted. I could have already been <laughs> at my own agency. So some days it's like that. Some days, I mean, I think I you guys know this. Some days, you feel good about what you're doing and you're excited and you're pumped up. And then some days you're like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Like, like, man, what did I get myself into? I'm like, you know, we all have those moments. Um, anyway, so that's, that was the journey of me kind of starting and it happened fast, quick. It was, you know, a shotgun, you know, sort of wedding, uh, thing had to happen, but (laughs) we got it. I got it off the ground.
0: Yeah, but, you know, just stealing something you said there about the journey. Thank God for that journey that you had. You know, the journey brought you to where you are right now to be able to do what you're doing right now. So you can look, and I'm sure you can look back at it and say, well, 16 years. But those 16 years brought you to where you're doing right now. And you said things are going good. And and I think that's the thing. we, The three of us can certainly uh, agree on this of of being solo one-man shows. And you can get in your own head with that. And it and it's just you go around and around and around when in reality, you got to wake up, have the discipline, do it, go to bed, wake up, have the discipline, do it and just continue to chug, chug down the track. So you said things are going good. So let's dive into the agency. Talk to us about the agency itself, um, how you're getting clients. You know, you said it's just you right now, I believe. Talk to us all about that.
2: Yeah, it is just me. Um, I did have a part-time producer on staff for for a little while, and you know that it, it, it you know really just didn't work that great. So it's really me, um, and I'm commit, but but doing well and growing, um, and really the the, um, and it's hard to say. Like you know, I this is the challenge I've had o- over the time I've started this is like. Well, tell me what, what good is. Like, you know, what are the what's the benchmark for a startup agency and all this stuff? It's like once it, Stephen, you mentioned something. Like once I got myself got that stuff out of my head and just said, Hey, listen, am I doing okay? Am I making a living? Am I happy? Like, I don't care about the benchmarks and and am I living up to whatever? Like I just and all the talking heads that say you need to do it this way or you need to do it this way, it's like, I just, I got all that stuff out of my head and I'm like, hold on, let's just get back to basics. The agency's growing. I'm getting new clients and, and I'm getting new clients. So, you know, um, the reality is I can't take any of my old clients because of the, the lawsuit. So all of my growth is a hundred percent new clients that have never done business with me. Um, and so. It's amazing that I've been able to grow the way I've been able to grow um, at the clip that I've been able to grow without being able to take any of my clients that I built up over fifteen years, and they're all, and and the good thing is is they're all sitting there waiting to come to me when this is over, and that agreement either expires or the lawsuit says I can move on. I have a list of hundreds of clients that are coming to me. Well let's so, back
0: let's back up a second cuz I don't want to miss this point that you just said about um the the benchmarks comparing yourself to others. We talk about that a lot on the show. Like 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 talk talk to us more about that. I want to want to just get your take more on that.
2: I I I was early on I was very caught up in especially my first year, I was like, well, how much premium do I need to put on the books in my first year? Like, what's the benchmark? And you start to ask people and you get all these different numbers. And then I started mm-hmm. to realize it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I, in the sense of it doesn't matter because how can I measure myself to Sean or to Steven? Like we're in different markets, different territories. Like how is how is your benchmark? Or mine, or take like an agent down in in Florida or California, okay, you know my average homeowners premium in upstate New York is thousand dollars. I mean the average homeowners premium in the state of Florida is probably four thousand dollars, like how do we ben- how can we benchmark ourselves so i I got myself out of the mindset of. How much premium do I need to put on books? How much premium do I need to put on the books? And, and refocus myself on the bench benchmarks that I already set for myself, which is multi-policy, right? How many policies per client am I writing? Am I writing the whole account? Am I following my, my own internal benchmarks? Meaning I want to write three or more policies for every single client, okay? Especially on the personal line side. Commercial line is a little different. To, to benchmark that way. Um, but if you're talking personal lines, it's like, I want to be, you know, three or more, right? You want to write an auto home, an umbrella. Uh, and so once I started to focus on my own internal sort of benchmarking and got out of my own head about, oh, you know, I heard that so-and-so did a million dollars, you know, because you see those on podcasts and you see them, you know, a million dollars in their first year. Great. Well, I didn't do a million dollars in my first year. <laughs> so does that mean I'm a terrible agent? No. Get to, and I had to tell myself that. Like get get yourself out of out of your own head and just refocus on the good benchmarks that you know you need to be doing, writing full accounts, building good relationships, getting referral relationships so that so that your funnel continues to be f- filled.
0: Um, well, my point in asking that question was set your own benchmarks. The rest of it's just a distraction. And we talk a lot about the mentorship of this industry and how incredible it is. And it's certainly powerful to know what other people are doing and how they're doing it and how they're taking success in, because the three of us can look at a different agent and take something different from that specific agent and implement it into three of our different agencies in different ways. Right. So I'm not discrediting that at all, but from the comparison game, and we talked about this before, Focus on your benchmarks, like you said derek well your 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 rounded policies, the multi policies, how many you want per household, all of that thing um I, I just think that that conversation is is so important, especially for the scratch agency owners, the people that are thinking to go scratch that are doing it by themselves because we know how lonely this is, and it is so easy to get caught up in looking to your right. Looking to your left and trying to compare yourself when you need to just put your head down yep. and continue to write policies and and follow your benchmarks so that and that was the point I was trying to make there. I appreciate you saying yeah. that
1: yeah and f- and first off, shout out to Mike Sharp, who dropped a million in premium his first year in business <laughs> but uh i Derek, I completely agree with you it you sh- You shouldn't compare yourself to others, and you know it's funny. I go back to kind of the beginning of this conversation uh we both brought up like happiness, right. And I remember the first couple of months of opening my agency, the heart of COVID. If you looked at my numbers, you would have thought, how's this guy going to live to see tomorrow, basically, just based off the financials of how my agency was doing. And let me tell you, in, in those moments, I was still the happiest I've ever been the last few years prior to that. And to me, that's worth any benchmark that's out there. So just to build on that, I think you're absolutely correct. Happiness and what's important to you is more important than everything else.
0: So and one one thing, we Sean and I have a close friend, and we're gonna leave names obviously obviously, but he's going through something similar to the three of us went through. And we have a conversation with him. And I think this can provide value and, and Derek certainly comment on this if, if you'd like. But when you're sitting here in your own head of should I do this? Am I gonna do this? Is this something that I should do when starting a scratch agency? Write that stuff down. Put down what is important to me. Is money important to me? Is happiness important to me? Is time with my kids more important to me? Write that stuff down and say, if I do that, what of these things am I going to do? And to Sean's point, we all know in the first couple of years, the money's, we're not walking around with bags in our pockets. But guess what? In the last 15 months, I've never been happier. And I'm sure we can all say the same things, just like Sean said. And for me, that's what's important. So I mean, when you're when you're if you're if you're listening to this right now and saying, "Man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know financially, or I don't know if I can do you know the long hours or whatever." Write it down and look and take a look at it from and back up and take a look at it and say, "What will that look like, and what am I going to achieve by doing that?"
1: Yeah, and I think yeah. a good it, question, a good question to ask yourself too. For me, somebody with with a kid is. Kind of before I do anything like major now, like a question I ask myself is, will my kids be proud of me? Mm. You know, will this make my kids proud of me? And I think that's just a good thing to ask yourself, especially if you're at like a big crossroads like that. You know, do I want to stay on with this agency with um, having all these issues or should I go out and open my own thing? Might be a good question to ask yourself. You know,
0: and if and if if that your kids proud of you is the end goal, Right. You're you're up here, and then you're backing your way into it by asking yourself that question. Just like a couple episodes yep. ago, we talked yeah, about Brett Young. Just like a couple episodes we talked about Brett Young. What do we what do we want our agency to be? And he he said, "Hold on, what do you want your day to look like?" And then back into what your agency wants to be. So, I mean, Sean, that's a, that is an excellent point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek, tell us a little bit more about um about you know, kind of, are you specializing in anything specific at the agency? I know you said you do some personal, some commercial, do you have a niche or, um, are you more of like a a generalist? Is there anything you're like, really like to target dive into that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a generalist. I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a niche guy. Um, hard in this, I think hard in this territory to be a niche guy. Um, It's just my opinion, you know, and, and, you know, small town USA, I think it's hard. I think you have to be a generalist um, unless you're going to take it, you know, I don't know, unless you're going to take one niche and kind of try to go, you know, more regional or national with it. It's it's hard. That's not my, what I want to do. I mean, I simply want to have a good, respected local agency and I want people in my community to know, Hey, that's the guy you go to get insurance from. That's my model so i run and i and i honestly run you know i'm 50 50 premium wise in terms of personal commercial and and really it is it's like exactly split i was just looking at it this morning i'm like i don't know how i've done that 50 50 um which is great you know because and i don't have you know of course i've got some large clients but i don't have a big spread like i don't have Mm. you know one ginormous client that if they leave me tomorrow i'm gonna go bankrupt um I like that model. That is the model I've, I think, you know, works for me. And and I think will again, going back to this idea about sort of, you know, where you want to be and lifestyle and goals, like that's where I want to be. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the, the 10 location, you know, $10 million in revenue agency. I, I just don't, I just don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and also that's the that's the great thing about starting scratch this industry right now has um come a long way since i got into it and the efficiencies that you can achieve you can run an agency with less staff and achieve more profitability and more efficiency and have a happier staff um and make more money than the guy down the street that might have Way more staff. I mean, way more staff and and more headaches. And so, um, that's been my goal and my part of my journey is is understanding where I want to be, where I want to go, and and understanding that I don't want to be the big shop and I want to be the generalist and, um, you know, and personal lines, commercial lines, and not have to worry about you know specializing. Um in anything, and also I think this market right now I, I would hate to be in a niche spot as this market this current market shifts all every day um I, I just can't imagine if you only focus on one thing right now how hard it would be to you know to um pivot if say that market just shrivels up,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean we talk about that a lot too it's like it's the beauty of what we're doing there's so many different ways to slice the pie. There's so many different ways you can do this. It is unbelievable. And one thing I wanted to talk about, Derek, was the first hire. You, you had a, a producer. Uh, they're no longer with you. We don't certainly have to get into that. I'm curious. Why, why was the first one for you, the producer, uh, instead of a, a service staff? And now going ahead, is that something you're still looking for? Are you going to look for a service staff or kind of tell us, kind of bring us through the next couple of years in your vision?
2: yeah so the producer thing was was kind of a knee jerk reaction. He had left um another agency was licensed but not re- wasn't really a producer he was a more in sort of business development, but he was licensed and so he kind of needed a place to hang and he you know because he was licensed you know placed some business and so I said, ah, sure, you know come hang with me and he was kind of uh, new, never really produced. And I said, I'll, you know, I'll take you under my wing. And I thought in my mind at the time, I really thought, you know what? That'd be great. You know, let him go out there, um, sort of beat the doors down. And, you know, I know the business. I've been doing this for 16 years. Like I'll teach him everything I know. We'll grow together. And I had that sort of that mindset. Right. But the reality is that, um I think we all know this. The grind is the grind. And a producer, let alone starting your own agency, but just a producer with only, you know, a year and a half of experience in the business and and this and at this level he was only only doing business development. So wasn't really selling a policy, was just going out and making relationships. I mean, it's an uphill battle. Um, it's hard, you know. I mean, we you know, you know, and and I tried to help him, you know, I, um in terms of get, you know, get a plan in place. But, you know, I think the, the reality set in really quickly that it's, it is hard. It's a, it's a struggle um, to, to produce and it's a struggle to produce when you don't have the experience. So that's kind of where that went. Future for me is definitely a service person. Um, I'd like to hire by the end of the year. My goal is to have a, a full-time virtual assistant on staff. Um it has been a goal for a while. I, I wanna get a VA on staff. I wanna use a VA obviously for a lot of the back office tasks that we have to handle day day in and day out here, right? Um, as an as an agency, I think a va- VAs are well suited in that if you can find the right one. And that's part of the process I've been going through is trying to vet, trying to find, find the right one. I'd also like to use a VA to fine tune and write all of my policies and procedures. Because I think those type of tasks, a VA can do really well. Um, if you have the right VA, again, like you can train them. They can do screenshots, right? They can do use tango. They can, everything can be documented. And, and my goal is to do that for some, a period of time, because then once I'm ready to bring on a CSR, my whole process, my whole process is documented. It's, it, I mean, it's easy. Right. We've, we've yeah. vetted it all out between me and a VA. Like this is what you need to, you know, everything is documented. Um, And, and going back to what we originally talked about is like, when you bring somebody in now, they know what their responsibilities are and they know how to get the job done. And it's not like coming in. I couldn't imagine having a CSR right now in the way sort of I operate, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure.
2: That's a great point. It's like, yeah. Could you imagine, like, I, for me right now, like, because, you know, we're the, I'm the jack of all trades. Like, I mean, it, it, we're just doing everything. And so yeah, it's, imagine that everything's on responsibilities
1: fire. List. Just be yeah, like everything. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, everything. So anyway, so that's, that's where I'm headed. Um And, and, and I'm taking it slow, purposely, understanding that, Yes, I am working a lot of hours because I am the service person I am the salesperson i am I am everything, but purposely doing that, understanding that the the short term pain will be worth it long term when I bring somebody on and also I've taken it a little slow just because the reality is I'm under this lawsuit, and I need to get through that before I bring somebody in full time into i don't you know, you bring somebody into full time with with that going on, I don't think it's actually the right thing to do to that person either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like coming into my reality right now with that. So I just take it slow. I'll take the the, um, the long hours and the pain and we'll get there. But come, you know, 20 and the 2023, it's a V.A. 2024. I'm going to we're going to get a full time CSR on staff and we're going to ramp up. Um, and I'm actually in talks with two agencies right now on acquisitions, so oh, nice. that is also on the horizon. So I have two acquisitions. One we're about to pen a full uh, buy sell arrangement. He, the owner's not ready to leave just yet, but if he gets hit by the bus, we're going to have an agreement in place where I can buy him out. And he wants to retire in in a couple years, and we're going to have it all spelled out. So I mean that one is is coming to fruition. And then I have a second one that I'm working on, similar type of arrangement where no perpetuation plan and, you know, going to work on a buy sell. And and um, but that one is probably, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, that sale is probably not for, you know, seven or eight years down the road. But having the conversation
0: early. So and Derek, how'd you have those conversations?
2: Yeah, the one the one that I, I'm working on right now, the owner actually reached out to me. Which is doesn't happen, right? I sure. mean, this is stuff that's like you can't you can't make up. Um but thankfully the it was part of you know, I'm a um I represent Erie insurance and Erie um Erie agencies can be difficult to sell, um, because Erie is picky about who they appoint and mm-hmm. In this particular case, this is another Erie agent, and 90% of his book is Erie, and he can't go to anybody but another Erie agent. And when he looked around the area, he just didn't see an agent he particularly wanted to sell to because they didn't fit what he wanted to do. Or he you know, he just didn't see the right opportunity. And then I got the Erie appointment, and next thing you know, he's calling me saying, hey, we need to have a conversation. And that's that was... You know, I mean, that was over a year and a half ago. And we've just, over that time, have built a conversation. He's become um, even a mentor to me sure. in the sense, you know, he's been in the business for 20 something years. He is an Erie agent and there are some unique things with Erie. So he's a guy that, you know, I pick up the phone and I'm able to have a conversation with and he helps me, you know, navigate through. So we've built relationship, but that's how that opportunity is, you know, come about.
0: Yeah, very cool. I, I just love that conversation because I've shared here. I, I, I had four at bats over the last year and, and they were all just from putting myself out there and saying, hey, I want to have a conversation or casting a net and seeing what happens. So I admire that. Congratulations and, and best of luck on that. Derek, as we as we look to wrap this up and uh, respect your time here, uh, we asked our staple question here at the end. It's only been a couple years for you. I think you're coming on your second year here. But if you if if, if tomorrow morning you were to wake up and start over from zero. With what you've learned as a scratch agency owner up to this point, what's one thing that you do differently? Just, I just one.
2: just—it's just—it's just one. Just <laughs> that, one. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say uh, just one. Um, I think it goes back. To, I, I think it goes back to what we originally talked about. It. I would quickly get out of my own head, um, mm. and faster, and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and what the talking heads i call them are telling you to do Mm
0: -hmm. there
2: are so many people in this there are very good people in this industry but unfortunately there are also people out there that like to talk a lot but reality is they don't actually know what they're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get out of your stop listening to those folks align yourself with folks that are solid people that are going to give you solid advice and get out of my own head. That's exactly what
0: I would do. Uh, That's perfect. Derek, again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule here to join us. We know how busy it can be to take an hour uh, when you're a one man show. So I'm sure you got some voicemails and emails to get to, uh, but for anybody who wants to follow along your journey, maybe reach out to you. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah. Best way is, uh, um, either on in my email. Um, which is Derek at Latori dot com, uh, and and you can also call me anytime. My uh, my cell phone is is what I use, and uh, everybody has it. So um, I'll give you that number. That's five one eight three seven six one eight eight two. But uh, happy to to have any conversation with anybody who wants to talk about uh, anything.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And look, before we wrap it up here, I want to just uh, mention again what Sean did. Just to the listeners that are listening, just a simple thank you. It has been an incredible journey uh, being able to do this. And like we, like I said, we we had no plan. Sean called me up one day after knowing each other for about a month and a half and was like, we have to do this. Let's just do it. We turned on the camera and we've just had fun. And I say that with kind of this next step of just creating a website, uh, do us a favor and go check it out. Scratchagencypodcast.com. Um, just a simple landing page, but it has access to all of the different platforms that we're on updates with all of the most recent episodes. It'll be a great place for you to, uh, bookmark there to, to listen to all things scratch agency podcast. So everybody, that's another great episode of the scratch agency podcast. Thanks for joining us. Do us a favor, like the show, share the show and subscribe and bookmark the website. Most importantly, remember to dig down deep believe in yourself and own your own future we'll see you next week take care